So this past week I was uh, preparing for what I wanted to share with you. And it, it dawned on me that I only have four more weeks to share what's on my heart. And it really struck me. It really became real at that point. And so I struggled with what I was going to, to preach about this morning. I prayed and, and prayed, and, and um, this was a, the lectionary passage that's, that was uh, available. And so let's see where God takes us this morning. The last couple of weeks, I'll be honest with you, as, as I've been transitioning into my new role and I've been participating in cabinet meetings and going with uh, Greg Hackett, our district superintendent, to the different churches, uh, it's been eye-opening, to say the least. But it's also been very... trying because we're in this season in the United Methodist Church of disaffiliation and so I've been to some of those churches that that were doing their disaffiliation votes and it hurt my heart I grew up in this church in this denomination and yesterday we had a a special called conference of the annual conference to approve the first segment of disaffiliation. And there were 33 churches that disaffiliated yesterday. Uh, by the time it's all said and done, there'll probably be between 100 and 125, which is about a third of the churches in our conference. Uh, and it hurts. And I see the struggle that the current DSs are experiencing as they go to these churches and the pain that is involved there. Schism or, or for, for a more modern word, divorce is always painful. And we're experiencing that. It might be why scripture says that God hates divorce because he knows how hurtful it can be. And sometimes it's necessary, I get that, for well-being and, and health and wellness. And that may be where we're at, but it's still hurtful. And so yesterday as we were at the called conference and 33 of our fellow brothers and sisters, churches represented there, uh, decided to, to go in a different direction Thankfully, there was a spirit of peace and, and respect and dignity, and, and they were approved without any, any fighting or arguing, and, and there was just a spirit of, of tranquility in that place last uh, yesterday. But it was still hurtful, painful. I got to speak to friends, to brothers, sisters that I've known for years, that will be going in a different direction. I won't see them at these meetings anymore. This was the one time, the one place that I, I normally would see them. We hugged, said goodbye. 
it hurts. I've grown up in the United Methodist Church, and I'm committed to the United Methodist Church. But I will add, while I'm committed to the United Methodist Church, I am surrendered to Jesus Christ and to the cause of Christ and to the will of God in my life. And I pray that you would be surrendered to Christ as well. Commitment is good and commitment is necessary. But before anything, we belong to Christ. Before being United Methodist, I'm a, I'm a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. The same holds true in, in my relationship to, to this nation. I'm a proud American. I love being American. I love the fact that, that, that I live in this country and the freedoms that we have. But I am a Christian who happens to be an American and not an American who happens to be a Christian. And there's a difference there as well. There's a difference between being committed and being surrendered. And I've talked about that before. And so I'm struggling through this all. In fact, I had someone ask me the other day, Robert, are you, are you, are you a progressive? Are you a moderate? Are you, are you a conservative? What are you? And I thought about it long and hard, and I said, yes. Yes, I am. Yes, you are what? Yes, I'm a progressive. Yes, I'm a moderate. Yes, I'm a conservative. How can that be? I said, because when it comes to things in the church that are what we would call the non-essentials of the faith, I'm pretty progressive. Especially as it relates to social justice issues, I'm pretty progressive. When it relates to the things that are essential for the faith in Jesus Christ, essential to salvation, you could call me a traditionalist. I'm, I'm pretty orthodox. Conservative, if you will. And when it comes to working and bringing people together, I am a centrist. And I think that the big tent is still the best place to be and allows us to come together. I think that's biblical. Listen to the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. To win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law but am under Christ's law so as to win those not having the law. To the weak I became weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel 
that I may share in its blessings. I've become all things to all people. One of the things that I've continually told the pastors here on staff here, and I continually preach to myself, is that we are pastors to the whole church. Not only to those that we agree with, right? Or see things the same way we'd see them. But to everyone. So yes, I'm a progressive. Yes, I'm a moderate. Yes, I'm a conservative. I am all things to all people. This morning, we hear from Peter. I want to focus on some of the things that Peter says. First, he says in this version, I love this version of the message. Clean house. Clean house. If you've got a dirty house, clean it up. Make a clean sweep. And, and look to, listen to what he's telling us to make a clean sweep of, of malice, of pretense, of envy, and hurtful talk. I think one of the problems that we've encountered today is that we are so concerned about being right that we say things and do things to stand and support our position of being right. And Peter's saying, it's okay to be right. But don't do it with malice. Or with a pretense. with hurtful talk, with judgment. One of Jason's sermons in the last couple of weeks was about judgment. He talked about judgment, and he, and I love this line in his sermon. He, don't tell him I said that, because then he'd think I'm listening to his sermons. Um, he said, I didn't see that job ad, that opening in the Trinity God doesn't need any help in that realm, in that area. So we don't have to worry about judgment. We'll leave that to God. And then Peter goes on and continues and, and, and reminds us that Jesus Christ is the living stone, the cornerstone the foundation for all we are, for all we have. He is the source of life. And so if we will remember that Jesus is the cornerstone, if we will remember that Jesus is the living stone, if we will remember that Jesus is our source of life, then we will remember that we've been chosen because of Jesus by God for a high calling. Peter calls it the high calling of priestly work. 
Chosen to be holy people of God. Chosen to be God's instruments in the world. To simply tell others of the night and day difference God has made for you. This is what Jesus has done for me. This is what Jesus is doing for me. This is what Jesus is going to do for me. That's our job. That's our calling. That's our responsibility. That's why we're here to tell people of the night and day difference God makes in our lives. Period. There isn't an opening in the Trinity. We don't have to worry about the work of the Trinity. We don't have to worry about the work of of what Jesus does, what, what the Holy Spirit does, or what God does. God will take care of that. God only wants us to share what God has done for us because we're experts at that. We know exactly what God has done for us, and that's what we tell people. And everything else, everything else, Absolutely everything else. Just to make sure you're clear, todo de lo más, everything that's left, todo is left to God. Just tell people what God's done for you. What God's doing for you. What God's going to do for you. That He has made the difference. That God has made the difference in your life. That you've gone from rejected to accepted because of God. Through Christ Jesus. And because of that, live knowing that the world is not your home. Live an exemplary life, though, in your neighborhood. So that others can see what God has done. It's been a rough week. It's been a rough couple of weeks. I can hardly wait till we're on the other side of disaffiliation. And believe me, we've been talking about this in the United Methodist Church since the United Methodist Church was formed in 1968. These issues have been present all this time. And of late, we've spent so much time and effort debating it, arguing about it, fighting about it, and now finally disaffiliating because of it. And in the meantime, in our communities, all around us, people have been dying not knowing Jesus. 
because we've been fighting about this. I long for the day that we're on the other side of it. And we can get to that point where all we're doing is telling people what God has done for us. And letting God take care of the rest. That'll be a glorious day. So this week I've, I've uh, struggled a little bit because of everything going on. But like God does, God provides light and hope. And this week for me, he provided that light and that hope in the form of a song. Rest easy, I'm not going to sing. You, you can, you can take, take a catch your breath there. But there was a song that I heard this week that came out this week by, by a young lady by the name of Abby Gamboa. The song is called Pure. And it speaks about getting back to that place where your relationship with God is pure, is innocent, is whole. And so I'm going to read you some of the words of the song in the form of a prayer. And so this will be our prayer this morning. Would you bow with me? Lord God, I'm coming back to just me and you. Just a heart song singing out of tune. Where I remember the simplicity just to feel you here is everything. Stunned by your beauty, this is my offering. Not for anything that I could gain, just to honor you and bring you praise. Like a fragrance broken on the floor, May my worship be pure. There's no motive. There's no hidden catch. Here's my all and I don't want it back. Like a fragrance broken on the floor. May my worship be pure. Find me like a child again, full of wonder, full of innocence, before anything got in the way any dream or any alkylate. You make it easy, easy to bring me pure thanks, pure praise, nothing in the way. My heart, my love, this is all you want. Oh Jesus, this is for you. This is only for you. It's all about, it's all about, it's all about you. Amen.